Welcome to the Pepperell Baptist Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to make disciples of the Lord Jesus among all ages and in all places. So take out your Bible and a pen, and let's jump into the Word together once again. Well, speaking of the CSB Bible, in mine and in whichever version you're using this evening, I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews No surprise there. Hebrews chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 10 through 18 this evening. Let me read it and then we'll talk about it together. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the source of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in Him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through His death, He might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For, since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who who are tempted. Such a wonderful passage. So I've got an opening question for us. And I had many memories that came back to mind as I thought about my own answers to this question. Have you ever been sitting at a table with a family member and they do something that is totally embarrassing? You probably likewise had many memories immediately come back to mind. Or maybe you've had a friend, you were out somewhere, and they did something, and you just kind of shook your head thinking, I don't don't know this person. You ever had those kind of experiences? Were you just embarrassed by what someone else is doing, or how they're behaving, or how they're acting? For lack of better words, you're ashamed that you know this person in this moment, at least. Maybe not for long term, but in this, this short period of time, you wish you didn't know them. As I thought about that, and I thought about all the memories that come back to our minds when we think of those things, and you think about that emotion, because you probably, as you're remembering these things, you're like, yeah, I feel that emotion. I remember how I felt. And my question to you this evening would be, is that do you think that Jesus has ever felt that way about you? You think Jesus has ever been embarrassed or ashamed in the way that maybe you've behaved in this way or that way, or the way that I've behaved in this way or that way? And let me give you a very firm answer 
Because I know that's a big question, right? Let me give you a very firm answer right off the get back. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jesus has never, ever been ashamed of you. Never. That's great news. And I think this passage we just read a few moments ago, these eight verses give us three reasons for why Jesus has never been and never will be ashamed of you. His redeemed people. He loves you. He'll never be ashamed of you. He is not embarrassed of you or by you. And I think we have three reasons here for that. So what are those three reasons? Well, on your study guide page, I've got reason number one or point A there. The first reason I think we see in this passage is in verses 10 through 13. And I would sum it up like this. Jesus isn't shaking his head at you. He's waving you on in this life. I think sometimes we think that Jesus is, you know, thinking about us like that, and he's not. Jesus isn't wagging or shaking his head. He's not wagging his finger at you. He's really waving you on in this life. Well, why do I say that? I think this idea of waving you on is really a good image for the phrase that our English, at least my CSB, translates it as bringing. It's from the Greek word agaganta, which is really a good word, bringing, leading people. And I think it's a good image of saying that Jesus is waving you on. He's bringing you because it's fundamental to part of him being the founder of their salvation, which is also a phrase there in verse 10. So I think really to understand what's going on, because this is a complex passage. This is not an easy passage by no means. So what is this idea of Jesus being the founder of salvation? Well, I think for the way that verse 10 begins, for helps us to see the answer. It connects us back to what has been said in verse 9, which you will recall from last week, is that he tasted death for everyone. It's talking about his death, his crucifixion. Jesus died for his people. He died on the cross. It connects us back to this thought. And then this idea of bringing that's in verse 10, it's kind of like four is the bridge between these two thoughts. Jesus is bringing, he's the resurrected king. He's bringing us as the founder of our salvation. Another word for that could be source. Another word could be captain. Another word could be pioneer. You could even take the way of translating it, say Jesus is the trailblazer of our salvation. He's bringing us along the way to glory through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has died for us. He's opened the way. And now He's bringing us. He's bringing us all the way to glory. He's not wagging His head at you. He's not shaking His head. He's waving you on. Bringing and leading you to glory. Leading you to deeper change. Leading you to greater holiness. Jesus has begun this good work and he will see it through until the very end. If we want to continue with images to maybe help us kind of see what that means and what that looks like, you know, we were using the imagery of ships a couple of weeks ago when we were starting Hebrews chapter 2 about drifting and setting an anchor. And if we just want to stick with those kind of images, what I think it means to be the founder of salvation is to say that Jesus has swam all the way to the shore, has staked a line, and is bringing us to Him. He's leading us to Him. 
Jesus doesn't just, quote unquote, save you and then abandon you and leave you to yourself. He's constantly working on you, constantly changing you, constantly leading you. The presence of Christ is constant in your life as a believer. So he's not shaking his head at you. He's waving you on. The second reason I think that we see here is in verses 14 through 16. Jesus isn't pulling against you. He's pulling you to him. It's the entire purpose of what he's done. It's the entire purpose of what he's accomplished. You're thinking about that image of Jesus staking the line and waving people on the shore here, giving us a sure and an open way. You know, some of us think sometimes that Jesus gets mad and he just kind of shakes the line. But he didn't do that. He's not pulling against you. He's on your team. He's for you. He's with you. He's leading you. He's not pulling against you. He's pulling you to him closer and closer day by day. Yeah, you know, I look back over the last 15 years of my life. And there have been seasons where I feel like I've grown exponential amounts in the Christian life. But there's been a lot of seasons where maybe I didn't realize how much I was growing in the moment. Just constant. Jesus constantly working, working on me day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, year by year, decade by decade, all through the course of life, pulling me, pulling me, pulling me closer to Him. We see this, I think, in verses 14 through 16. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through His death He might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus saw us in our great need. He, he took on human flesh. He became a man. For the entire point that in going to the cross as the perfect man, that He substituted Himself in our place in defeat of the devil once and for all. He overcame death. Why would we ever think that Jesus is pulling against us? He's accomplished this to pull us to Him, to set us free, free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that He does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Jesus is your helper, friend of sinners. He loves you. He cares for you. He's on your team. He's not abandoning you. He's not pulling against you. He's pulling you to Him. He's not wagging His head at you saying, Oh, what am I going to do with this person? He's not doing that. He's waving you on and he's pulling you. You know, I was thinking about seasons of life where I, I feel like I've grown in the Christian life and looking back you know, over a season, long, long season. And yeah, really, there were some times where I just felt like Jesus just was like, come on, <laughs> this way, we're going, we're growing. Jesus works on us. It's encouraging for us, I think, to remember as Christians. We're not in this by ourselves. The Lord is with you. He's helping you. He's, he's not out to get you. He's with you and on your team. He's helping you. So He's not shaking His head. He's not pulling against you. He's waving you on. He's pulling you towards Himself closer and closer. And I think the third one is this. Jesus gets you because he's been in your shoes. You know, kind of hanging in the backdrop of this text is the idea that Jesus became a human being, right? That he took on human flesh and that he, 
the, the incarnation. It's there. It's all over this passage. It's kind of this idea that, that Jesus is, he just has a better understanding of us because he's been one of us, right? Like he gets it. He understands. Verses 17 through 18, Therefore he had to be like his brothers in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So there's, there's two points to this, I think. The first part is that Jesus understands, right? Like, he gets it. Uh, he, 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 he's walked in our shoes. He understands how we think. He's battled the same temptations that we battle. He gets it. That's why he's not shaking his head at you. He's saying, no, I understand. It's, it's, it's tough. <laughs> so he understands. And I think the second point here is that Jesus helps us so. It isn't just like that Jesus says, yeah, yeah, I understand, but just, you know, toughen up. He's not saying that. He's, he's helped. Jesus helps. So how does he help? Well, it's kind of this illustration that I think of at least I call breaking points. You ever reached a breaking point? You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're wrestling with a temptation, like if we want to give an example, you know, there's that individual that I just, I really want to give an earful to and just probably not in the most Christ-like manner. And I see them and I go, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to act that way. Uh-uh. And then they say something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, boy, that just got a whole lot easier. Uh, but I'm not going to do it. And then you see them the next week. And they say something. You know what? Breaking point! You know, and I'm going to say it to them. And you do it. You know, it's a breaking point, boiling point. We all have them. We all bend until a certain point and we break. And here's what I've learned, and you probably have learned this as well. The longer you fight against temptation, the harder it is to stand. You know what I mean? The longer you withstand, the harder it is to stand. It's tough, and it gets harder and more and more and more difficult. Here's the wonderful truth about Jesus. He never sinned. Y'all tracking with me? He knows where you're at at your breaking point. And get this, he went beyond it. He never failed. He never, he never tripped up. He never gave that person an earful in an, in an unloving way. He just didn't do it. He was perfect until the end. And because of that, wherever you are in this Christian journey, whatever sin, whatever sin it may be that you're battling against, I, I don't care what it is, and you're going, this is tough, this is hard to stand against this, you need to know that Jesus has been there. And He has overcome the moment you're in. He's overcome the breaking point. He's been beyond your breaking point, infinitely beyond it. He has seen the fight to the very end and has overcome it. Because of that, Jesus gets where you're at. And He knows how to help you get beyond it. He's working on you. He's not shaking His head at you. He's not pulling against you. 
He's waving you on. He's pulling you to himself. And he's saying, I'm helping you. I'm working with you. I understand you. As we come to a close, I'm sure y'all have seen the commercial, He Gets Us. Have y'all, I mean, surely we've, if you watched the Super Bowl, you know, I guarantee you, it's, you know, it's, it's all over the place. He gets us. And, okay. Sure. Jesus gets us. I think this text is making that point. Jesus understands me. He gets me. I think they're taking a wrong spin on it, of course, but that's a whole different conversation, right? Jesus gets us. But as I read through this passage and, and I thought about, yes, Jesus understands me, the question kind of come up. Yeah, Jesus gets me, but, but do I get Jesus? Do, do I understand Jesus? Do I understand His heart for me? Do I understand His love for me? Do I understand His concern for me? Do I understand His desire to help me and to work on me and to pull me, draw me closer to Himself day after day, week after week, year after year? Do I understand His faithfulness to me that He's never giving up? Do I understand Him? Because if I do, I think I'm encouraged to live this Christian life another day, another week, another year. Jesus ain't wagging His finger at me. He's not shaking His head. He's not embarrassed by me. He's not ashamed of me like I've been for cousins around the Thanksgiving table. He doesn't feel that way about me. He is delighted in me. He gave His life for me. He is committed to me. And He will see this to the very end. He's staked the line and He's bringing me to glory. And that is a wonderful reason for us to rejoice. Jesus is a merciful and a faithful high priest because He's been in our shoes. He understands us. He knows the battle. And he's won the entire war. And I think that's good news for us tonight. And I hope it encourages you to continue on in the Christian journey. So let me pray for us. And we'll turn it over to Brother Scott, who's got a wonderful hymn tonight. Uh, there is a fountain filled with blood. Uh, everyone, I believe, knows this one. Let me pray for us and turn it over to Brother Scott. Father, thank you for our time here this evening. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that you are with us. You're working on us, Lord. You're not giving up on us. You're not ashamed by us, Lord. You love us. You're for us. Your people. And Lord, I pray you would continue to lead and guide us and grow us and to change us more and more to look like you, to walk like you, to talk like you. And in these battles with sin that we fight against, Lord, Lord, remind us that you've been where we are at. But you never failed. You never sinned. You were perfect, Lord. You were perfect and you overcame this life. You overcame sin. You overcame death. And Lord, give us the grace. Give us the grace to fight that good fight. Trusting you for the help and the grace to be successful, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your grace. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our sermon series of the Gospel of Mark on Sundays at 11 a.m., either at the church campus or on our Facebook live stream at Pepperell Baptist Church online. Have a great week.
blessings. Thank you.